1: with the new chevy silverado you might be driving in this but with the silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens it'll feel more like this introducing the new 2022 chevy silverado find new upgrades find new roads chevrolet hey everybody it is time for another one of our blue room extra previews here on your usual feeds Uh, this comes from our subscribers weekly show where i was joined by patrick boyland patrick ridge and Dave Downing. We spoke about the game on Monday, what went wrong, why the strikers missing chances, and we also spoke about what happened late in the game when Everton made some questionable changes and changed the mindset significantly, and that's what this clip is from. Just a reminder, if you want multiple Everton shows every single week there, you can come and join us on the Blue Room Extra, where the full version of this show is available. It's at patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. The link The direct link is available in the description for this podcast. It works out about a pound a week. There's no obligations in terms of contracts. You can cancel it whenever you like. And ahead of a busy end to the season, it's a great time to get involved as well. So it's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. you want to come and join us over there. In the meantime, hope you enjoy this clip. I just feel as if there's no killer instinct,
2: maybe the the sort of phrase I'm looking for here, but... There's, there's no ability, I feel, where we're able to put things out of our heads really, really quickly and not dwell on them. and It's fine for us to sit there and do it as fans. How many times have we sat there, certainly this season, thinking, why haven't we killed this one off? Why haven't we gone 1-0? Why are we talking about an Everton draw or loss at home as opposed to a win? We've done that a lot of ourselves internally, but it, it's funny this season. I've, I've seen elements of that when there's a reflection of what we're feeling as a fan base manifest itself on the pitch with the players and it's really uncomfortable and, and difficult to to sort of resonate um, and 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 feel normal about when the players are feeling things that we are, if you get what I mean. And obviously the human beings, I know they have natural reactions like, to things like we would. But as professionals, when, when things like that happen, I'm, I'm left bewildered. As a, why can't you just go again? Why can't you put that out of your mind instantly? That doesn't have to be the turning point in the game. Um, much the same way, I think, in, in years gone by, we've been such a passive side. Uh, and, and it felt like there were elements of that. Don't get me wrong, uh, against Palace in the second half, I felt we, we were really passive at times. And we're happy to sit on the 1-0. Um, and I think it's been something Ancelotti's tried to do this season, is if we're not going 2 3 nil up in games, try to control it and, and try to sort of waste time having possession of the ball. Back to what Patrick said. I don't think we're good enough for that. We, we, we just... We're not efficient enough as Premier League... But Paddy said it as well. As Premier League players, I just simply think there's so many in there that aren't up to standard when they're asked or tasked with doing something like that in a game. And There were no reason, and Patrick mentioned it, there was no reason Everton couldn't pepper that Palace goal because they were open. We were the better side. We had more possession. And that be You know, it, it all draws back to that common theme this season of you know what what how do we break teams down. Um and, and Palace should have been the gimme in my opinion. I said it at the start of the show. Palace at a side you want to play right now because they're on the beach. They're not that good anyway, even when they're on full, you know, all guns blazing. So it, 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 it does beg a belief as to why that there are these things creeping in to our performances every single week.
0: I think this was I think this was a new one. I think there's a new one. I I don't look at many games this season and think Everton were really wasteful in front of goal. There, they missed a bag full of chances. I oh, just off the top of my head can't remember one. That that's the first one. If anybody else has got one as we're recording now, then let me know. But I can't. Burnley.
2: Remember
0: one. Maybe yeah, Burnley, at Burnley all. away. Burnley but, away. But, not a home. Away, Sigurds- oh yeah. sorry. Yeah, Burnley away. Burnley away. Sigurdsson misses a good chance very late on. But I don't remember feeling like Everton were ever really in control of that game at any point nor were they really creating many chances, that was like one moment of isolated quality in the match here I can just point to a bag full of opportunities that should have been put in the net, for all the talk about Guaita having a great game and he did by the way but he was sort of allowed to have a great game Yeah. with the finishing that the second Calvert-Lewin one-on-one is worse than the first, because with the first he's got do I go around the keeper? Do I lob it over him? What do I do? Do I put it under him? All these kind of things swirling in in his head, no doubt. The second one is one-on-one with the keeper, basically on the penalty spot. Just put it either side of him and you score. It wasn't a great save. That one from Guaita. it was a poor shot. That mm. was straight at him, poorly executed. Now, in the main, I think Calvert-Lewin's been really good with the chances he's got this season, if you look at his conversion rate and all that kind of stuff we've not created much and he's tended where possible to get us three matches by scoring that goal and, and winning the game. That didn't happen here. Obviously the exact opposite happened here. They created loads of chances and the two lads up front obviously spurned them. The other point about the substitutions is that if, it, if a side does score, does equalise or does go ahead, for example, where is the Everton response going to come from? Because my question at that point was, that's fine, let's go again. Who's on the pitch? You've got Davis and Gabaman in midfield. You're not going to get any creativity out of them. Sigurdsson, maybe. But, I mean, is he going to have the legs to get 80 yards up the pitch in the final five minutes? <laughs> Absolutely not. If anything, I was surprised that they created another chance in the game, Everton, and a chance as good as the one they yeah. did. That, to me, was a surprise.
1: Well, I think and Michael I got... Keane was overlapping at the right back, Paddy, later on in yeah, the game yeah. after Palace had equalised. And, you know, I remember just sitting there laughing and thinking, no, this is the situation you are left in when you go all out defense late on, isn't it?
0: Well, look, can if, I, if can you I take just all that? your creative players off, yeah. as Everton did. That, with the with the exception of Luca Dean, he was never going to get forward at that point. save for a, a a free kick or a corner or something like that. I just don't know how Everton were then going to respond to Palace's response. You you, you sacrifice everything, and it's then all or nothing. You either take the three points, mm. or if the opposition scores, you you have to accept one or zero. It shouldn't have to be that way, surely. You shouldn't need mm-hmm. should 11 defensive players on the pitch <laughs> for Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace are garbage. They're absolutely yeah, yeah,
2: awful. Exactly.
0: Um, I'm still waiting to see if... I, Everton being creative, which is obviously a good thing in this context, and was inspired by Hammers. Uh, I'm still waiting to see if that was Everton actually stepping up a gear or if it was Palace just being a bit crap. Mm. Um, part of me thinks it was it, it was a combination of the two things, but they are not a good side. Most of the worst performances I've seen from a Premier League side this season have involved Crystal Palace. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> let, let's wait and see. I don't I don't think you need eleven players on the pitch to hold out against Crystal Palace. Eleven defensive players. I, I think that's a nonsense. To be honest,
2: I'm, I just wanted to ask everyone a question here. Is, is Josh King just not an option for us anymore? I mean, is this is this going to turn into like one of the worst? Sirens well, we ever had because he it, you just don't see anything happening with him and he doesn't even seem to be a goal scoring alternative.
1: Well, I think I think that one of the perks of the deal was that if it didn't go well at the end of the season, everyone just sort of look at it and go, yeah, we'll go our separate ways. So, so Has he done that then? If, has if, he? If be, <laughs> you know, if, if you can't get on when your two centre forwards have missed a half full of chances, when when's he when's he going to be used? You know, the manager said he's going to start games this season, but. I I can't see that. Well, it's wow. about trust,
0: isn't it? it? It's about trust. We we have had this in previous oh. years. I remember Silver flogging, absolutely flogging Andre Gomez over a festive run because he didn't trust the other midfield options. And it feels a little bit like that here. I and mean, we've not. Is seen that when one. he is that
2: when he stung the gaff out? Despite the fact we won five one,
0: apparently dreadful
2: <laughs> performance, but everyone else
0: played amazingly well. Yeah, and then. <laughs> That's the basis then from playing all the other games. Yeah. Because because managers just have trust in certain players. You, you see it with Gilfie Sigurdsson. He, he, you go on Everton Twitter and he'll he'll have fans tearing their hair out. They just do not understand why Gilfie Sigurdsson, with successive Everton managers, has been somebody that you would turn to. Mm. But Josh King hasn't got that, has he? Because there have been games where Everton have been missing one of those guys or where they've needed something from the bench. And he's not gone on at all. So, I mean, the, the logical conclusion, and it is a jump, but the logical conclusion is that he can't be trusted. Because as Patrick said there, that's the go-to response for me. The go-to response for me would have been to take one of those lads off front off, or to take one of the advanced midfielders off and just to say, Josh, get us up the pitch. Even if you just win two or three fouls, get the ball on the corner flag, win us a throw-in and a, and a corner. And we probably, in the time that's wasted there, we see the game out. You're not going to get it from... Um, Tom Davis, you're not going to get it from Easter resurrected Gabamin. <laughs> <laughs> Who was going to do it? I, I, I found it all really bizarre. <laughs> Still, the more I'm speaking about it now, the more it's frustrating me because it just doesn't seem to make any sense whatsoever.
1: Patrick, did you want to make a point there, mate? Sorry.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, Just backing up what Paddy said really as well and and Dave, like we went to 5-4-1 for the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes really if you count stoppage time. You know, and did we get four minutes? It will not the normal, allotted five minutes of stoppage time or at this time, but I think going 5-4-1 at home to Palace when you won 1-0 up, when you need to get that victory to really, you know, get your season back on track, I do lay that, ultimately, I do lay that at the foot, you know, at his feet, because who else? This is, again, this isn't looking to scapegoat him, but who else makes that decision other than him? And... How can you trust a player that without asking him to do, you know, without getting him on to do that job, that you're not seeing him, you know, that you? But then, if you are going to make that change, if you are going to take um, Binghamham Bamin on and get him to sit in front of the defence, and you are going to play five centre backs. Then you can't. Your plan can't be just to hoof it long because Rich Allison were playing on top of Dini and Sigurdsson were playing right wing, and Godfrey a centre back was playing right wing back. And Keane, who didn't look like he knew where he was, was playing somewhere in that defence. Mina was having there were you know just before Palace had scored, Keane had slipped, panicked, booted it at Sigurdsson, <laughs> who passed it straight to a Palace player, and Mina had had to make a brilliant last ditch track- tackle. And I just it was just it's like it, the decisions that kind of it was like right well, this is what we're going to do we're going to try and hold on to the league. I don't agree that we should do that, but this is how we've gone about it. But then it's kind of we compounded that by. Doing all these, making these baffling calls, and then the players making mistakes because it was like, well, we invite. Not only are we inviting pressure, but we're also going to invite pressure with all these players playing where they're not quite sure what they're doing. And we haven't. The one thing that we know we are going to do is when we get it, we're going to try and hit it long. But there's nobody up front to chase it down. And Carl Loom was, you know, trying, trying, but he was pretty knackered, and he was just doing it, pretty much shuttle runs between the defenders so it just it does it is really frustrating and you know 16 17 months into Ancelotti's kind of tenure I think there needs to be a bit of a better plan for that and if we if we are if this is the plan to get us through the rest of the season in terms of when we are hanging on to Leeds then at least have that basic idea of what you're going to do not you know, not ask, not ask, play, not ask Sigurdsson to play right wing on top of a centre back playing at right wing back. It yeah. just seemed, it did seem to be us creating our own problems as much as, you know, Palace, as much as Palace um, playing well for that five minute period or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it, I, I,
1: it, I it's, it's, it's the, it, you know, in an ideal world, this is why you want football is going to do more than one thing, like pass run and tackle. You know, if you've got players who can do all of those things and it's hard to say that some professional footballers can't do that, then you can maybe go into a defensive <laughs> yeah, they, mindset. They all
3: play for us, Matt. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe,
1: maybe, maybe you can go into a defensive mindset, but then when you do concede the goal, you, you know you can change. You think, right, I'm not going to tackle and kick it away as much now. I'm going to run and pass and try and create. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, you know, I think that's why not having, you know, a right wing back who can do a bit of both at the moment is harmless. It's why not having our most multifaceted, multifaceted central midfielder in Abdoulaye Decore is harmless at the moment. We haven't got those players you can sort of operate in different systems, in different mindsets. It's either one thing or the other thing at the moment.